Jordan Johnson. I use she, her pronouns. And I had the pleasure and delight to serve this congregation not that very long ago as a ministerial intern. Very happy to be back and to see old friends and new faces. Now I serve as minister of a small congregation on the east end of Long Island. We're the congregation of the South Fork. Where I serve now is a sort of a destination spot. And so most of my friends are very happy that I get to serve there. Most times, most summers, people come out to visit and part of the visit, a highlight, a must do of most of these visits is that we must get lobster rolls. I never have lobster rolls any other time of the year. I never have lobster rolls when they don't visit me. But lobster rolls apparently, and lobster in and of itself, is a delicacy. That was not always the case. About 300 years ago, the East Coast beaches were lousy with lobsters. You couldn't pay people, most people, to eat them. Folks use lobsters for fertilizer or to feed their animals or prisoners or enslaved people. Not a delicacy. That was 300 years ago. The picture is pretty different. Lobsters, I think I'm learning, say, have more, I think, to teach us not just about transition over time, but transformation in our lives. And if the reaction to the question earlier is any indication, lobsters are pretty fascinating to lots of people. They are fascinating to me, and I learned a new thing about lobsters this summer. The way that they grow. So think about it. There's a hard shell. The hard lobster shell on the baby lobster does not grow as the lobster gets to the size that we are accustomed to. Instead, what happens is as lobsters age and start to get bigger, then their shells will accommodate. They stretch and swell, and a layer will start to form under the shell, and the shell will split. The lobster will shimmy itself out. For a while, it's vulnerable. Its new shell is still too soft to protect it. And so it must hide away and keep itself safe. But the lobster will do this a few times in its life, over and over again. This is an opportunity also, if the lobster has lost part of its body, an arm or a leg, to grow it back. And it seems lobsters are not the only animals that do this, this molting. Other crustaceans do it crabs and crawfish and shrimp, butterflies, caterpillars do it, other insects do it, some birds and reptiles also do this molting. Most of us know that snakes shed their skin 
even German shepherds do this molting. Elk and sheep do it. Apparently, molting is pretty common in the natural world. But given our soft skin that stretches as we grow or shrink, I hope you are not surprised that some people don't really think about the lessons that we get from lobsters or from butterflies. What the lobsters teach us is that you need to sometimes let go, crack open our old shell in order to grow. That discomfort, disease, can be the impetus for us to grow into something larger and more grand. What the butterfly teaches us, I think, is even more than discomfort as an impetus for growth. Sometimes, sometimes adversity is necessary for our growth, that we have to fight through and struggle through in order to be the thing that we would be, in order to live into the fullness of what we are capable of and called to. This is a nice lesson that growth requires struggle and adversity. That it requires us letting go of our shell. And this is scary. This can be a hard world. A tough place to live. And the idea of letting go of our shells of exposing our softness and our vulnerability is scary and challenging. Our armor protects us and keeps out those things that would harm us. The thing about shells and armor, though, is that it also keeps things in. And so if we are to let out as much of our light and as much of our shine and as much of our glory as is possible, then we have to risk that vulnerability, that scariness. I see this in my own life. Maybe not a hard shell exoskeleton, but I see it when I look in my closet. Maybe you are like me. If my conversations with friends post-COVID is any indication, some of us are looking at our closets and we are faced with clothes that just don't fit anymore. 
And if I'm honest, this is not a post-COVID, mid-COVID, during-COVID dilemma for me. All of my life, I have been faced with clothes in my closet that just don't fit anymore. And this is not just about the size, up and down, larger, smaller. It's also about the style. I have been going into my closet for the past seven years. There are clothes that I brought with me to Long Island that I have never worn. And it's hard for me to let them go because they speak to me of that woman that I used to be. The person that a part of me still wants to be that I think maybe I can bring back. But the fact is, that woman is not coming back. Parts of her are here, and I am someone new. I am someone different. And it is time for me to let go of that shell, to let go of those clothes let go of who I was in order to be who I am. There's a story in the Christian scriptures. Some of you, I think, probably know this. So Jesus is talking to people, and folks come to question him. This is not a new thing when somebody is about a new thing, showing people a new way. There are always going to be people who want to come and question him. And so they come to question Jesus and they ask him about fasting. They say to him, so the folks who follow the Pharisees and even the ones who follow your cousin, they're fasting twice a week. Your people are only fasting once a week. What's up with that? And Jesus responds in parable maybe a little bit of riddle around the subject. He tells them something about guests at a wedding, and then he tells them something about mending old clothes. And then he really breaks it down for them. In my gospel, Jesus is a young man with a little bit of swagger. And so he says to them, it's like you can't put new wine into old skins. It'll burst the skins. And then you lose the skins and the wine. You can't put old, new wine into old skins because you lose all of it. Not necessarily a biological imperative but the same message. Sometimes this kind of growth needs to be intentional, challenging, but not impossible. Sometimes it's obvious. Circumstances around us are changing. We are changing. We are so uncomfortable in the current situation that we have to change, have to do something different. But it isn't always that obvious. 
And so what I think it requires is for us to pay attention, to pay attention to the world around us, to notice our stuckness, to notice the ways that we could be something different or more or brighter, more colorful, maybe better. And then try a new thing to experiment, to let some things go. And I will tell you, I know, small steps. So I've taken the clothes out of my closet and for months they have been in a bag by my door. Small steps. But new wine, new skins. This worship service, this is a new skin. This is this congregation growing into something different and new and better and brighter and more colorful and maybe louder. I see that in our Unitarian Universalist world. The ways that we are trying so hard to be anti-racist, to be non-ableist, to be a place that welcomes everybody, every body, every person in their fullness and their wholeness. New wine requires breaking out of old shells that do not fit. And sometimes the adversity to break through that cocoon feels like, feels like it might actually be the end of this. And yet we know that there is something bigger and brighter on the other side of that. There is an allegor allegorical story written by uh, Trinia Paulus about caterpillars and butterflies. It's called Hope for Flowers. This is an exchange between two caterpillars, yellow and striped. How does one become a butterfly? Yellow asked pensively. You must want to fly so much that you are willing to give up being a caterpillar. You mean to die? Asked Yellow, remembering the three who fell out of the sky. Yes and no, answered Stripe. What looks like you will die, but it's really that you will still live Life is changed, not taken away. You must want to fly so much that you are willing to give up being a caterpillar. Like lobsters and butterflies. Transformation is before us and around us and within us. 
and we need only to trust the wisdom that we are experiencing. We need only, as if it is such a small thing, risk, vulnerability, and loss. Just that. As if it is only a small thing. Well, yes and no. It is maybe like the butterfly, like the caterpillar, the hardest thing we do. But my goodness, what is possible? What is possible on the other side is amazing. And it is transformation and it is life itself. To risk letting go of who we were to be. What we can and, if I may be so bold, are called to be. That is what we are about. Hey everyone, I am Ember Kelly. I'm the Director of Religious Education here at Fourth Universalist, and it's so good to be with you all. Uh, we are having our segment of the video where we dive a little bit deeper into the themes of the service to just uh, learn a little bit more and just have a little bit of a deeper dive. Um, so Reverend Kimberly, great to have you here today. Hi. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, so it's, uh, it was, it's nice to finally get to meet you in person because we've talked online a few times for, mm -hmm. for, um, and for other reasons, and it's great to finally get to, to meet in person. Same. It's kind of kind of cool. Um, <laughs> keep having this experience, even though I, you know, I feel like I've been here a while. But I keep getting to actually meet people in person, and it's fun. Uh, <laughs> so, um, for folks that did not, the video doesn't have the time for all ages. Um, but folks in person know that uh, I mentioned lobsters in the time for all ages because I knew about the the lobsters and butterfly that's part of the sermon. <laughs> It turned out that our young folks are, are very, very interested in talking about and learning about lobsters, which I was ill prepared for. So with such an interesting name to the sermon, uh, to the message, what inspired it? Mm -hmm. uh, so what inspired it? There's a, there was an immediate inspiration and then a more meaningful one, but the immediate one was, um, it was a meditation. I listened to a meditation app and a few months ago, there was one where um, uh, the meditation leader talked about lobsters and the way that lobsters need to uh, break in order to grow, break out of their current shell to grow into as they grow a larger one. Um, and I'm literally sitting on the beach at the ocean, meditating, listening to this. And I thought, well, that sounds like a great sermon and lobsters. That sounds intriguing. <laughs> So, um, so I thought about lobsters. It reminded me of butterflies and the ways that butterflies also um, need to go through this cocoon to grow. But then part of the inspiration was a song that we played in the service, which is one that I returned to over and over again. 
from India Ari, Break the Shell, um, where she talks about um, building walls to protect ourselves, but that in order to fly, uh, you have to break the shell to be who to be who you are. I think she writes that one of the lyrics is um, something like um, something about like letting letting go of what you were in order to be who you are. So go be who you are. That that resonates with me, especially in my experience as, as a trans woman. Um, I know that a lot of trans folks, a lot of maybe even queer folks in general. You know, maybe hear from their parents, like, you know, this idea I had of you, that person's dead now. Um, and, you know, at first I, you know, when I first was coming out, I really like, no, it's all the same. It's all the same. But now um, as, a, as I've been out for longer and gotten to understand myself better, I'm like, I'm like, it's okay if I did get rid of the old me. It's okay if that yeah. old me is dead. Yeah. Um, and in fact, there was one time I went to, um, I wrote a, a poem about it that I ended up performing. Um, and it was, um, I, I started it with this intention of like, um, being very like brutal, like, yeah, I did kill the old me. And, um, but then it ended up being, as, as I wrote the, the poem, it ended up being this tale of like me appreciating what the old me did to keep me safe. That old shell did to, to keep me safe. Um, so that, that, that theme, that idea resonates with me, the way that we can, you know, both have good experiences, have good existence in this first form, and then we have to keep growing though. That's exactly it, because I think um, a lot we think about how, um, when we think about growth and getting rid of something else, we think about getting rid of something that's harmful, but um, there's a lot of our life when the shell, the shell is serving us well, the shell is there because it is protecting us. And so it's hard to sometimes notice when it stops, when it stops protecting and instead starts constricting. Um, but, you know, a lot of times those shells serve us well until they don't anymore. True, true story. Um, was there any, <laughs> talked about that the song inspired you, talked about the meditation app. Was there any like resources, any books that you kind of dived into as you thought about this? Uh, you know, my good old friend, the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but you know there's a book that I read a little bit of and I actually want to read so I found there's um a, there's a quote from Anais Nin that I found um that I actually didn't get to use um and it's something about something about the rosebud finally letting go and knowing that it needs to be a rose um and because I didn't use it, I don't have it clear in my head, um, but it's something about risk. And it's generally, um, it's generally called uh, her poem about risk, um, like risking, risking letting go of the rosebud in order to be a rose. And then there's this other one. Um, I, I try to find like the sources of the quotes. And so there was this sort of meme that was attributed to A.A. A. Milne and it, and it looks like a dialogue between Pooh and Piglet. Um, but it turns out it actually is not really, it's a misquote. And it's really from this book called um, Hope for Flowers. Hmm. Um, but it talks about, it's, it's two caterpillars. I think the story is, is um, about growth and renewal and it's two caterpillars talking about um, what it takes to become a butterfly and um, and that in some ways the caterpillar has to die in order to become the butterfly but it's a, it's like you're in, coming into a new life 
Um, and so I use part of that, a little tiny um, excerpt from it, but I want to go back now and read more of the full story, Hope for Flowers. It's um, something Paulus or Paulina, I am going to get the author wrong, but Hope for Flowers, that's the title of the, of the story. That's interesting. I'm going to have to check that one out. Uh, when you when you started talking about uh you know the, the Winnie the Pooh, um, the, the, I've seen the meme where um, you know it's Piglet and Pooh talking and then um, you know they say like what time is it and and Pooh says it's time to burn it all down Piglet. No. <laughs> a little bit different meme. <laughs> I mean that wouldn't be a sermon in two weeks. <laughs> right, a different moment, a different moment for them. <laughs> No, I love it. I, you, um, as we were prepping for this video, you were talking about um, one of the illustrations was about um, having old clothes um, mm -hmm. that, that you're not willing to part with, which uh, particularly resonates as someone <laughs> never seems to get rid of clothes that I don't wear at all. Um, but, you know, I think that 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 is perhaps an example that a lot of people um, really <laughs> can can see that we hold on to these old images. Oh, of yeah. Yes, I'm gonna be, you know, in my case, uh, yes, I'm gonna be this hip, cool person that that wears all these really like uh, it, trendy clothes, and like I'll, I'll get like one trendy item, and then I'll never wear it, and then it um, mm -hmm. sits and does nothing. Um, sometimes we got to be honest about who we are. <laughs> <laughs> but I still have this idea. I was talking to a friend um, a few weeks ago, and I said something about. Um, room in my closet and she was like well don't you like anytime you get something new get rid of something that you already have like what is what is what is this get rid of something every time you get something new i just buy more i literally just buy new hangers um rather than and, and um i am out out of room in my closet so i've started to get rid of the old things and there really are things that i haven't worn in 10 years but you know they there was that person that I was 10 years ago that, you know, went to an office and was very polished and had this very tailored look. And I liked her and she was like pretty awesome. Or, you know, there was a, you know, flowy, there are all these like different versions of me that I have been in the past and they are still in my closet. They are making their way out of my closet um, and duh, making space for who I am now. Can, we can appreciate who we were. We can, we can still love that version of us, but we gotta, we gotta make that room to <laughs> let the new us thrive. It's like they say, take a picture; it'll last longer. So I just take a picture of those clothes, or maybe find a picture of myself wearing those clothes and let the clothes go. Uh, I love it. I love it, Reverend Kimberly. It was so great to get to sit down with you. So great to have this message to really challenge us to think about growth during, you know, this, people may not think of a summer necessarily as a, as a growth time, but like, I feel like it's a time when people are starting new things, a lot of changes in people's lives. So it's a yeah. good moment for us to be challenged. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Really my pleasure.